What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Watch from Mercury. This is a watch along podcast where we normally cover Mobile Suit Gundam Witch from Mercury, but this week we got an off week. So um, we're going to be talking about all of Chainsaw Man season one. So major spoilers if you haven't finished season one, because um, we just wanted to pop in about that. I'm your host, Maxim. And I'm your host, Alex. And I finally bugged you enough to watch Chainsaw Man. You did it. <laughs> what did you think? I thought it was great. I think uh, the listeners do need to hear this, though. Um, yeah. That we were talking about uh, doing the next arc of the show reviewing chainsaw man uh season one and i started watching i was like first episode like great and then it started getting into it and i was like this show is a little too horny for me to want to review <laughs> yeah in depth the the language will start to get weird and it's interesting because it is in many ways a super self-aware send-up of all the shonen tropes yeah but also we would have to take stock of every time denji says tits and it would just start to feel bad after yeah. a while <laughs> even though it's good storytelling yeah like after our uh reconquista and g episode i'm like i don't yeah we're gonna rehash the same discussion over and over and over yeah. <laughs> so. but what's interesting about that is that like reconquista does horny anime bad chainsaw man does horny anime really good like it's yeah it's uh it's actually horny because it's about like a young boy's sexuality being influenced by how economically isolated he is. Exactly. So, like, so it's like, hey, we we would feel weird talking about how much boob talk there is in this, but also don't change a thing, story room. Yeah. Writers room, you're you're nailing it, but also this would be a weird podcast. Yep. Uh and uh I, I mean I told you this before uh, we started recording is like I'm okay watching some horny anime by my lonesome, you know? Yeah. It's like if it's in there, it's in there. It is what it is. I'm not going to... But I don't want to have to review it week by week because the horniness is so crucial to the plot. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. is that Chainsaw Man is a horny show without being a pervy show. It's not like Master Roshi like, stopping the story mm. every time to try to commit sexual assault. It's actually yeah. relevant for character growth. But, yeah. again, that makes it even kind of more hard to talk about. Exactly. Um, but, guys, with that, uh, I want to say... Uh, subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash watch from Mercury for some extra bonus stuff. Our review of the first Mobile Suit Gum Gundam compilation movie is going to come out this week. So um, look forward to that. Uh, the other thing is you can hit us up at watchfrommercury at gmail.com with whatever listener mail you got going on, anything you want to say. And with that, we're going to put out this. Um, we've been kind of discussing uh, where we want to go with the show after Wish from Mercury ends. And I know we've tossed around the ideas of like, oh, we'll do Gundam Wing or we'll do another type of thing or whatever. But um, reviewing the analytics from when we like watched uh, Zero Eight MS Team. And those of you who stuck around to listen to that, really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Uh, loved having engagement about an older show. But we've been talking about pivoting a, like into not just exclusively Gundam reviews. So we were, we were talking about maybe like watching just like popular anime that's coming out as it's coming out, like whatever the next thing is. So I guess hit us up, watchfrommercury at gmail.com. Tell us if you want us to stick to Gundam reviews specifically, or if you're down to try something new. Uh, maybe it's like keep something in the Mecha universe or just watch the new hot show, whatever it might be. Just let us know. We'd be happy to hear your thoughts and opinions because at the end of the day, we want to we want to grow the show and we want to yeah. reach new listeners. 
And I think the the Gundam slash Mecha theme is always going to be present in this show. And we're probably going to come back to it over the show's lifetime. But we do have to plan for this podcast to be a podcast that doesn't just live for, you know, 50 episodes or whatever. And then we get burned out. So there's a long time between new Gundam stuff. So it's like, uh, we would like to get we'd like to get some bandwidth paid for, please. Uh, (laughs) If we got to talk about Jujutsu Kaisen to do it, I ain't opposed. (laughs) There is a new Gundam Breaker series that will be dropping in like October or November of this year. And as of recording right now, it's May. So we have time before that. But you know how you guys know how those are. Those will probably be chill, like not super intense episodes, but very excited about new model kits. Um, But yeah, so guys, hit us up with what you think about either what we should watch next or are you going to hate us if we stop reviewing Gundam content? Just let us know. <laughs> are you going to call us cucks lovingly or angrily? If yeah. You change? <laughs> We're, we know you're going to do it. The question is the tone in your voice. Here's my thoughts, cucks. Um, that being said, I think, I think I'm think i really happy with how this, sh- this show has gone so far. We actually just passed a uh, our 5,000 listener mark this week. Woo. So did awesome. Very, very stoked. This is my best podcasting project so far. Um, The flip side is like, if we don't review exclusively Gundam anime, right? Um, We can review new anime, get listeners who want to stick around for more. If anything, when we come back to Gundam, we can help bring people into those shows as well. So there's give and take, push and pull. But like, the longer this project goes on, the less it'll matter in the grand scheme of things. But like, we've just been, you know, we reviewed Witch for Mercury and Zero Eight MS Team, and jokingly did Yu Yu Hakusho for an episode. Mm-hmm. But we're we're trying to open open new doors. So guys, let us know what you think. Watch for Mercury at gmail dot com. Uh, and maybe maybe not a shonen. <laughs> yeah, and like again, if it's a really good shonen, okay, but preferably something that is not going to be so tropey because <laughs> that's the thing that we were talking about where we're like hey shonen is fun but you can only watch about three of them at a time before you all you see you're like i cannot look at another training arc right now i can't do it yeah i'm not gonna do the the first eight episodes there's a villain they beat the villain and then they get stronger yeah. and you know it's and what's yeah. what's weird is it like chainsaw man is from shonen jump so, like, Shonen, we love to joke about how it's just Dragon Ball Z and those same things over and over again, because a lot of them are. But it is a wider, like, genre than we like to give it credit for. The yeah. pages of Shonen Jump have some diversity in them. They just tend to stick to a formula because, A, it's a fun formula. B, it's a profitable formula. So Yeah. And even with Chainsaw Man, like, I guess we'll just get right into it. But, guys, give us give us your feedback. Watch Mercury at gmail.com. What show do you want us to review next? Are you going to hate us if we don't review Gundam content for a little <laughs> bit? Not forever. We'll come back to it. We will always do it. The Patreon, will. we're just going to keep piling on Gundam movies and stuff. But uh, So, Chainsaw Man, I guess one of the things that I liked about this is, one, okay, it's there's only one season out right now. So... There's not quite enough episodes for it to fall into the shonen like loop, you know, yeah. the kind of the cycle. But we did get all the classics. We got the humble beginnings. We got the training arcs. We got the meeting people who are way more powerful than you and wanting to get better. You know, all the goodies. But in like a a really well done way, in my opinion. Yeah, though what they did, they did a really good job. I listened to. Um... Uh, this podcast I like called Anime Out of Context just did a, an episode on Chainsaw Man, and they did a good job of pointing out the fact that 
Chainsaw Man, yes, it is a bit much that Denji talks about boobs every two seconds, but remember how much Naruto Naruto talked about wanting to be Hokage? It's the whole <laughs> point is like when you put this in the in real terms, it makes someone kind of annoying. But also, you don't you also know that he's 16. So like there's some debate yep. online as to whether Denji is an incel, and the basic consensus is no, because he doesn't have all that weird cultural baggage. He's actually yeah. like a good person. He's just a 16-year-old boy who's been, yeah. like I said, economically isolated. And that's the thing that drew me to the show. Two mm-hmm. big things that drew me to this show right away. One, it has the exact politically astute attitude toward wage capitalism Two, homie's got a chainsaw for a face yeah what is not to love <laughs> it's like oh you understand how the, the working class needs to take the boot off its neck by severing the foot with its chainsaws yep <laughs> come on yeah the the commentary in this show is on point but i think i agree with you like we'll talk denji for a little bit right yeah is the first episode and seeing the hardships that he's living in, you know, he's like, he's homeless. He has barely enough to eat. He's working for the Yakuza who are extorting all of his labor. And like, they've taken what they took a testicle. They took an eye. They took a kidney. He eats cigarettes for money sometimes. Yeah. Really like depressing stuff. And so when he's like laying in bed and he's like, all I want is a girlfriend that I can play video games with. I'm not like, Oh, this is like, like definitely not incel vibes. Definitely yeah. like this is a this is an outcast from society who's trying to figure things out, you know. Exactly. And I think that one of the like I said, the thing that attracted me to the show so much thematically was that it understands that when you deprive someone of their basic needs, you also deprive them of their emotional needs. So yeah. He's a horny boy. Yeah, he would be a horny boy even if he had money, but it comes from the fact and they and they do a good job of explaining this once he actually touches some boobs and it doesn't make him feel that great and he has his existential crisis, what he really wants is an emotional connection with a physical element. And tying that up with the fact that he's too poor to have that privilege is head and shoulders above a lot of shows that talk about stuff like this. I was amazed at the existential crisis. I am like, I was so glad that it hit. I was like, this is the moment he's been building for to forever he finally gets it and it's like oh that's just another thing that happens that was nothing special and that i really applaud the writers for that because it wasn't just him like okay in the first couple episodes denji i thought he was like 28 like 26 i thought he was gonna be older because he was very sincere especially when he's talking to uh pochito or panchito pochita pochita Pochita, yeah. He's talking to Pochita, and you're like, oh, this is a very, like, very sincere, thoughtful person. He's just lonely and crushed. And then when the, the when the boob talk comes in, he starts, for the whole latter half of the season, he's just kind of an animal. <laughs> but A little bit. I mean, yeah. they make all those. The show calls him a dog visually and verbally a lot. Like, this yeah. show is doing a really good job of what I am hoping Witch for Mercury continues to do a good job at, which is the show is really fighting for the main character's agency. Yes. You know, like, and that's why, like I told you last time, I was like, if we lean too heavily into brainwashing, we are making Soleta completely have no agency, which is too much to the other extreme. We need it to be a tight, uh, a tug of war kind of fight. Chainsaw Man is nailing that. He's obsessed with Makima because she's the first woman who was ever nice to him. Yeah. And he's also kind of got allegiance to his, the, the little dog monster that lives in his heart. 
which by the way, I don't know if you did, but I fell in love with Pochita too hard, too fast, not knowing what happened to him. And yes. then I had to reckon with that for the rest of the show. <laughs> I'm like, um, even though he's only in the first episode, basically, I'm like, I saw him and I was like, this is the mascot. They're they're selling toys of this little yeah, dog everywhere. Their, this is their Pikachu. And then yeah. up, he's <laughs> 10 minutes, 10 minutes yep. with Pochita. Yep. <laughs> Incredible. I, yeah, there's, um, it was just so good. It was a commentary on so many things, especially when he joins up with public safety, just because he's like going from being employed by the Yakuza to like being employed by another agency. But like he's, he's still like treat like mentioned as a dog, except now he's getting a more fair treatment. Right. And he doesn't. Yeah, he's a like dog the, that gets fed now, basically. Exactly, which is like kind of sad because you like he breaks out and you're like, yeah, nice. He's gonna go figure out his life, and then it's like right back into a different type of system. But mm-hmm. I don't know the his like longing for things makes like every small victory for him like so wholesome, you know? Yeah. Like when when uh, Makima orders him the udon noodles at the at the food the rest stop and he like passes out because he hasn't eaten (laughs) i'm like yeah dude get that food or when he's like after during one of the missions when he's out and about patrolling with blood or power sorry power and uh they're in the vending machine room and he like even says to himself you know like even just being able to buy myself a drink feels like such a luxury i'm like wow yeah this is this to me is a show that speaks very much to the millennial and Gen Z experience of you'll never own anything. It's how much are you going to lose and how much can you appreciate like what you can get a hold of that isn't technically like firmly yours. Because this is a for all you know, it's it's and if anyone gets annoyed at Denji for talking so much about boobs and thinking that's selfish, whatever, I can kind of understand that. I disagree, but I can understand that everything he gets food and and it he appreciates it so much yeah that it becomes wholesome <laughs> all he really wants is some big thick french toast in the morning yeah and he's willing to risk his life to keep it and he's not really uh willing to like he he keeps also he says that his motives are not as pure as they are he's like like why uh, why would you you know cut this guy's head off he's like oh i didn't want to hurt him too much because i could have happened to me and then he's like haha it's just for the porn i'm like yeah. yeah, but I think you also meant that first part. You just don't want to admit that you're that like much of a goody two shoes. But you can tell yeah. he's got a good heart, which is why he's not an incel. He's just yes. a very lonely boy. Very lonely. I'd say when I watched Denji's arc, um, I'm not. I'm going to say this right now, folks. I am not in the same place mentally as this man. Okay, I am 28 years old. I am married, but I felt I really related to him from the perspective of how I was at like like 19 or 20 years old like in college no money like tear like barely a car that works like being like oh I just have to keep grinding for these years to get through school and I gotta work a a job that's kind of so-so for not a lot of money and granted it's not his situation but understanding the feeling when you're at a place in life where you're just trapped for a while and those things like wanting like just being like, oh, I want a girlfriend to play video games with me. I was like, this this pain is like he's so lonely. Like, I get yeah. it. 
You know, it's very, it's very relatable. It would be very relatable to incels as well, but Denji's yes. not an incel. <laughs> yes, yes. So I, I think we, uh, it, it would be curious to me as much as I don't ever want to talk to incels or anyone adjacent. I wonder if you showed this to some incels, would they still like it or would they draw the darkest possible conclusions from it? Because this I'm sure is speaking as a person who was a virgin very late into my life, but was never an incel, thank God. This is speaking to my experience in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. But also I know there but for the grace of my conscience go I to not have gone down the darkest possible uh, yeah. <laughs> road of no one no one wants to be intimate with me because it's a very sad life and you feel very broken it's a whole thing um but it it, it leads some men to some dark inexcusable places so. you know, of all of our <clears throat> of all of our political talk on this show this is the first episode where we've talked about incel dumb <laughs> yeah you think we would have done that for the amount of times we say cuck you think incel would have come up earlier <laughs> this is watch for mercury <laughs> the incel episode <laughs> yeah because it's like I think a lot of the incel type frustrations, like seeing it at a distance, right? Like you, you see these crazy cross posts, like 4chan posts that gets posted to Reddit or Twitter and you see what's going on in these people's minds. And you're like, like one, our economic system and it like not only in America, but other parts of the world too, is so profoundly isolating. And like the narrative it teaches you, which is, <clears throat> You are nothing unless you have money. Yeah. And that's it. Like your family might care about you, but you would be lucky to have someone love you if you don't have money type thoughts, you know? And then there's like the frust like the pipeline is easy to fall into for like younger men because they're in high school, they're in college, they don't have shit, they don't have anything to their name, they haven't made anything in the themselves or found themselves at all. And if they're not doing well dating or like socializing, it the that isolation is just going to compound deeper into frustration, you know? Yeah, and I appreciate any kind of media that understands that all of our cultural baggage can you can follow the money on all of it. So yeah. like, how much of our incel problem is due to the isolating factors? of late stage capitalism. And obviously that's, but, and I'm not saying that that excuses the misogyny. I'm saying it ties in because cultural misogyny becomes profitable for the system. So you can't, the reason why these things exist is because of power and money, which usually means money because power leads to having money. So having a show that understand, again, I keep saying the same point over and over again, but I think it's really relevant. Like, mm -hmm. look how much this guy's problems are due to the fact that he was a band, his mother died his dad killed himself in deep debt, and they don't live in a society that forgives debt. And he had to work for the Yakuza, selling his left nut and eyeball, and mm -hmm. then lucked into this uh, different situation, but it's a different kind of ball and chain. And that's so interesting to me that it it knows that, you know, he's not, he's better off because he's eating and because he's got some allies but the the chain's still firmly around his neck. It's arguably yeah. firmly around every character's neck in a different way because they're all part of this system that is predatory. And they even say to him at some point, it's like, you either work for us or we kill you, basically. Yeah. Because yeah. he's he's part devil, you know? Yeah, and I think it's a testament to how nice, bo nice a boy Denji is that when he has his existential crisis and goes, I touched the boob and I didn't feel anything, he doesn't blame women. He blames 
the cyclical nature of life. Yeah. He has a bigger <laughs> crisis and he doesn't go, well, you have shitty tits or something. Like he didn't do that. And I think that's, he, yeah, he's a little bit extra. He's 16. I yeah. think he's going to be okay <laughs> provided he lives. I don't know how yep. this show goes on a long enough timeline. He's in a lot of dangerous situations, but I yeah. think like, you know, it is easy to be off put by Denji, but I, at the end of the day, find him just endlessly endearing because all of his yep. faults at the end of the day, he's either growing from slowly, but growing from them, or you go, yeah, but it wasn't really his fault. And like, yeah. he'll, he'll figure it out. And I think that's a good place for particularly a young male character to be. It's like, yeah, this guy's not perfect, but he's figuring it out because that's yeah. an example that we need in this culture is dude doing his best not to be toxic, not always yep. succeeding, doing his best because that's all anyone's really asking. I exactly. Think. And I think I'm. Obviously, I've not run, read the manga or anything. I predict that in like season two or season three, like his motivation is not gonna is gonna shift away from, oh, I I want to touch boobs, I want to first kiss, I want to have sex, blah blah blah, whatever these things. It's gonna shift away from that to like I need to do the right thing, and I think yeah. that is the very clear long term character development that you can see right away. It's like they're gonna play this fun game at first where they're like. The devil is like, my goal is to exterminate humanity. And what's your goal? And he's like, I just want to touch some boobs. And then ring titties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's very fun, very funny. Yeah. I I love it, but it's gonna shift eventually. Or, I mean, maybe not. But <laughs> that's I think what... it already kind of does in this season yeah. a little bit. He kind of grows up relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like uh, I've talked about this with a lot of um a lot of stand-up comedians is like f- like fulfillment in your life isn't like a plateau you achieve like you yeah. never just feel fulfilled like yeah. you know like even like it took me forever to figure out that in my own life it was always like oh once i get this i'll be happy once i get this i'll be happy but once you get those things you're like oh that was nice and i'm glad i did that but i'm i'm not done you know yeah and, and the trap so, of capitalism is it keeps telling you, yeah, but that next thing going to fix everything. Exactly. So you keep running on that damn treadmill. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying that this show has um, any type of musings or meditation about gratitude for the things you have in life and being present in where you are. <laughs> I think it does, though. Uh, I guess a yeah, little bit a little in its bit. way. It's about like, look at this kid. He only ever really wanted was a girlfriend to play video games with and some super toast. Yeah, <laughs> and he doesn't always understand that's what he wants, but really that's what because and somebody, um, I think it was Super Eye Patch Wolf. I think of what in the same video I, I mentioned off mic, he pointed out, and I didn't realize this until um, he pointed it out. This is really a bromance between three characters, between him and Aki and Power, and how they yeah. become just super tight platonic friends. It's Team Seven. And, it, yeah, and it's like normally you see a bromance, it's between two dudes, and that's nice, or it's between, or, or it's an r- actual romance, and it's got, you know, a, a actual love story. This is some roommates learning to care about each other, and I yeah. think that's really nice, and doesn't get very, seen a lot. It's very endearing, and I also, one thing I love about um, when Denji touches Power's boobs, it's kind of funny because she's yeah. a fiend, she knows he wants to touch boobs, Mm-hmm. but she doesn't care at all. Like it yeah. doesn't matter to her at all. She like, she like plays it up for him for a minute. And then when he's done, she's like, okay, bye. Like yeah. it, um, it's, it's neither good nor bad. It's yeah. just a thing that she did to get her cat back. <laughs> I'm going to give you one guess. 
what do you think uh, the character of Power, and this is a character you definitely know from pop culture, what was the biggest influence on this character? Uh, We've probably talked about this character in the last couple months indirectly. It will make so much sense when I say it out loud. Okay. It is... Dude, I am I'm drawn. You're gonna say it, and I'm gonna be like, of course, but what it's, is it? It's Eric Cartman. Whoa. She's fucking she's hot girl Cartman. <laughs> Except she does I don't think she hates Jews. <laughs> we don't have to go there. She's not quite as insufferable, but yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, can you once you once you know that, you're like, oh, I get entirely where this character's coming from. She has to do the most annoying thing in any given situation. Yeah, that's fantastic. I really yeah. I really like her character. Like, I I think it's just she's fun, she's powerful, and she's crazy. And I think what's yeah. nice about her and Denji, like, at first he's kind of timid around her, right? He's kind of freaked out by her. Then the boob touching thing happens, and he's like, he's like warming up to it first. But then after that moment, they kind of just set each other off as friends. You yeah. know, like they both understand the crazy part of the other person and that's mm-hmm. how they bond which i think is so cool because i'm like it didn't set up the relationship isn't set up as denji's doing his thing he's just annoyed by power or power is fucking it up it comes to a point where they're just both the little hellions on the team and they are just totally cool with that yeah and i think a lesser show would have decided okay denji needs a love interest to kind of win over the course of this whole thing and I, I don't know much about late. I know a big spoiler about Makima that I won't say because I kind of wish I didn't know. Um, but okay. I don't think they really I think they might give a character next season because they hint at it that I think has romantic interest in Denji. But in a lesser show, my point being, they would have had him get together with power eventually. And that would be the look. They hate each other. It'd be the classic rom-com. And they don't. They're just buds. And that's yeah. cool. That's good. <laughs> that's a good model. Big fan. Yeah. I love during the uh, the brief training arc too when they're like walking down the road and they're like, oh, we're going to have to beat him like one of those smart characters in the anime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to have to try something else out. You know, I, I was like, that's so funny because this is two idiots like yeah. just doing the best they can to get through it. This is a good example of a piece of art made by someone who has consumed a lot of art and is chewing it up and spitting it out in the way that uses all those influences properly and it doesn't just feel like a list of references they're doing all the shonen tropes that if you look at the the opening theme the first half is just shots for movies it's uh, with the characters one yeah. of them's pulp fiction one of them's attack of the killer tomatoes there's a no country for old men and like it's really it's a mm-hmm. media savvy show but it doesn't just become like oh this is a reference because isn't that cool it's like no they're actually saying something with the we got to be smart like those tough and uh, you know smarter anime characters and then they're going to half succeed at that but like this is a shonen that i don't re- i keep forgetting is a shonen because yeah. it's so good at making fun of shonen that it doesn't even feel like it's making fun of shonen it just feels like a good show and i'm like oh yeah that is kind of a shonen thing like he he would yeah. be saying hokage every time this guy says boobs but he just swapped it out for something dumber. That that does make sense, you know. Yeah, it it feels like a it feels like the perfect halfway between a typical shonen and One Punch Man in a way. Exactly, you know? exactly. If 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 One Punch Man is the perfect parody of Dragon Ball Z, this to me is the perfect parody of Naruto. Not one to one, but in terms of 
some scrappy youths taking on some monsters? Come on. One's trying to rise up the ranks? Yeah. Aki is basically Sasuke. Basically, yep. (laughs) Avenge the family. And power is like Sakura, but furious all the time, I guess. (laughs) Dude, uh, Aki's backstory, when we see the gun devil annihilate his house... Mm-hmm. that was so intense it's like you don't even yeah. see it like i want to google gun devil to see what it looks like but i'm just gonna leave it until later yeah. seasons because i really want to be surprised because that's one of those things where it's like we talked about power scaling in our shadow and jump the shark bonus episode on the patreon but uh that's one of those things where it's like you see like the impossible opponent for like a second and you're like, whoa, this is how crazy it gets. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, they basically draw a parallel between the gun devil's existence and nine 11. Like it's not nine oh, 11, yep. but they show a burning building in New York city. That is clearly not the twin towers, but they draw a specific parallel between like, this is the day that changes the world. The gun devil is the ultimate evil and they, in this world. They really, this series really threw America under the bus. It was all like that whole <laughs> that whole thing, all that context was just like everyone has too many guns and now they kill each other with guns and they're like and they're like wait, there's no guns in Japan though, just other other parts of the world. <laughs> yeah, and just to to hit on that, like I think the the way they set up the they build the world very interestingly through the lens of the gun devil because they say People figured out there were devils. America decided we better shoot them because that's what America's going to do. And that gave power to the gun devil. And giving more power to the gun devil made all the other devils uh, more powerful because now everyone's even more scared of devils. And so, again, I know a spoiler about Denji later on that ends up kind of – he it's almost like market forces – that go into which (laughs) devils are the worst. And I think that's super interesting. There's like an economy of fear – that of you know what's uh what's the scariest devil being what's the most powerful devil and that's a super interesting world when the when they were in the hotel and they fought the eternity devil yeah i was like i would think that the eternity devil would be like one of the most powerful but i mm-hmm. guess it doesn't when it, you think about it like you think how powerful the snake devil is when you see it or the gun devil it's like these are things that people are just scared of on a regular basis versus yeah. like eternity is something that's like oh people are scared of it but it doesn't haunt their day-to-day lives yeah they they're scared of it if they understand how much they can't understand it but a yeah. lot of people don't have the time to give it that much time so it's like yeah. yeah of course it would be one it would be bad but it wouldn't be as much as the fox devil because in japan yep. foxes are scary and if you want to be scared by the infinite loop of time or whatever you have to have the freedom and privilege to think about that <laughs> kind of stuff you have to be rich enough that you're not hunting devils to get yakuza money you know here's here's some other devil recommendations i have for this show okay uh one is the rent devil <laughs> oh oh boy the landlord devil is a fucking monster yeah uh um let's see job interview devil mm-hmm. um <laughs> uh tinder date devil's not insurmountable ooh. but is not fun to deal with Ooh, it's it's the uh catfish devil but like the digital yeah. catfish devil <laughs> yeah the the we need to talk devil that was <laughs> the not we great. need to talk devil <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> the uh the um the insurance devil. Oh, dude. The medical you know, bill devil. The bombing devil. That's for the, us. 
The bombing devil. The yeah. bombing devil would be bombing bad. on stage devil. Uh huh. This is the the stage fright devil. Let's say. Ooh, public bad. speaking devil. That's that'd be really good. Yeah, <laughs> this is just becoming a list of our fears. Of like the uh, the being thrown out of a plane devil, uh, the drowning devil. I guess the on the never dated... finding love devil. Um... Fentanyl devil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I'm thinking of like, I think the gun devil is a great choice because it's something that people are always, at least in America, I don't know about our other listeners, but in the back of your mind, every day when I'm out and about on the train or if I'm at a at a store or something like that, and I see um, two people like yelling at each other, getting into it, the back of my mind is like, who's got the gun? When is the gun going to come out? Is there a gun? I saw two guys... I saw a guy at a red light yesterday yelling at some guy on the sidewalk and they were talking mad shit to each other. And the guy in the car started walking around his car and he stopped and went back. But for a second there, I was like, am I about to witness a shooting? Like, is that what's about to happen? Mm -hmm. So the gun devil for Americans, I think, is a great choice. Like, plus, if I'm not mistaken, guns are really taboo in Japan. So that's got that level of of fear based on their absence, which is really interesting, too. It's like, everyone is afraid of click-clack. Everyone. (laughs) In the UK, they got the knife devil. (laughs) (laughs) The bobby stick devil. (laughs) The what's oldest end devil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, enough devil talk. Uh, One thing that I think is my one gripe about the show... Okay. So far, the, the thing I think it's missing is a clear, how do you kill the fucking devils? Like, they don't say, oh, okay. you have to cut off their head or destroy their heart or destroy yeah. their brain. Because everyone in this show is getting impaled through the stomach and surviving. And I am not understanding it. Kind of, yeah. There there was an, I, I binged this whole first season really fast and I'm still working through watching it again. Um, there was a minute where I'm like, wait a minute, wasn't Denji dead 10 minutes ago? Okay, yeah. I'll go with it, but I can't remember what happened in between that he's fine now. Yeah, and that that's something where it's like, the stakes are a little weird just because of that lack of clarity. Like, when the, when the attack happens on the train and they shoot Makima, I was like, this is amazing. I was like, this is the craziest plot twist ever. Like, and then she comes back to life, and I'm like, okay, so I don't know anything, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if I have a gripe about this, sh- this is less a gripe and more of a I hope they cover this uh, more in detail in the future to make sure it doesn't become a gripe. I would like to be given that this show is so squarely leftist about capitalism, I would like it to address the fact that the police in every country is essentially a right wing militia. And it does that kind like there's clearly some corruption in this devil hunter thing. Like they're all in league with different devils, which is kind of hypocritical that they make the deal. But I also don't want it to become like, yeah, but they're the good cops because they're really such a thing in as as cleanly as we would want to believe. So I hope that it gets addressed more that like, hey, this task force existing is problematic. Yeah, I I don't know if we'll get that. I think. We also look at these things very specifically through an American lens where that's true. Some countries, the police are super corrupt. Some countries like ours, they are. You don't want to just you're better off not calling them. And then like 
there are like I know like a lot of countries though who have more uh, advanced um, thoughts on policing and mm-hmm. methods. People love the police. Like they're they're just like yeah they're fine they're they're totally safe they want to help you all this stuff but that's okay. like totally different systems than ours so gotcha I mean ours is tied in with literal slavery so yeah uh, we, ours is unfixable <laughs> but can, I don't know as much about other countries can you tell that you're listening to a podcast uh, hosted by two behind the bastards fans <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, guys major when you shout coming out. on the show Robert Evans. <laughs> Dude, if we could get Robert Evans on for an episode to talk about any anime, I would be <laughs> I, over the moon. I don't think he likes anime, but I did meet him once and he was very nice. So that was fun. Oh, sick. Yeah. Dude, I um I feel very seen by him every time he mentions mentions playing Warhammer as a kid. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. I got something in common with him. <laughs> yeah, he's big into Warhammer 40k particularly. Here's something that's kind of crazy. Before I got into comedy, before I started podcasting, I thought all podcasters were famous. Um, now that I'm now that I own a podcast studio and make a lot of podcasts, I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Podcast, podcast. Uh, you cannot just get anybody. <laughs> nope. No, no. The dream, though. The dream. Um. Anyway, okay. Let's see. So the when Makima gets shot, I thought they were they actually killed her. And I could, I was like, this is, this is just like my Harry should have died at the end of the Harry Potter series thought. Okay, same, same vibe. I think there would be something to Denji's arc where it's like Makima is the first person who shows him any type of affection. She's clearly into him. She has to maintain some professional distance and get things done before they can have their thing. Maybe it all is a red herring. Maybe she won't give him those things in the long run. It's manipulation. But I was like, how crazy would it be if this person he's like obsessed with and his whole new life is about like dies? Do you want me to spoil what I know about what no. happens with her later? I will. Okay, I won't. All I'm going to say is they have a plan. And if you look at her behavior in this season, something's wrong. And I yeah. won't say anything more. Something is going on. Yeah, that makes you go. I feel weird when this character is around. So it's it's gonna be they 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 know what they're doing. But I totally yeah. hear you that a big thing like that sometimes would be very satisfying as well. Yeah, uh, I totally yeah. The weird thing going on, like the scene where she has she's crushing the um the yakuza members, mm-hmm. and she's having those people tied up, say their names one after another, and the people die. I think they die. I'm pretty sure they die. That one, that was the scene that was supposed to be the one thing in season one where they're like, hey, this is this person is not who you thought they were. Yeah. Yeah. And in, and so in, in my watched... mind, I'm trying to justify it. I'm like, oh, those people that she has tied up, they're like they're like criminals or people who have deals with devils or something or like they're Yakuza or something. But I'm like, we don't get any explanation for that. So yeah, in the in the video I watched that spoiled the thing, uh, they were basically like, Okay, now that you know, if assuming you haven't read the manga and you just watched the spoiler out of context, leave in the comments how actually surprised were you? And I was like, ah, about a six. Like about a I six, wouldn't have guessed yeah. that thing, but I guessed that something felt off. Yeah, something did feel off. I think the knowing how anime works, the amount of affection she was giving him right away, I was like, there, there's something up here. Like, yeah. She recognizes how powerful she he is. She can use him as some type of pawn. She knows what he wants. Does she actually like him? 
I don't know. Maybe maybe that part of that is real, but there's going to be something down the road that I'm very... I'm excited to see how it develops. So when season yeah. two drops, I will be watching every single week to get my fill. Absolutely. Yeah. Even though like it, it could be genuine, like I don't know enough about the later arcs to, to tell you, but I, I think we can both agree the amount with which and the way she talks to him, it does feel like love bombing intermittent yeah. with manipulation. Yeah. So regardless Absolutely. of leaving the spoiler out of it, it feels a little bit fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she and, literally says, you're a dog. If you don't do good, I will kill you. So like, yep. but we're like, you know, the, she really cares about him. No, like maybe this is going to work. We're like, what does that say about us? That we're just like, you know, a woman cares about you. She says she might murder you. That's how. And then you play That's... video games like he always wanted. Women, man, that's the real deal with the devil. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Try to feel, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see some other characters to talk about. Uh, Himeno. Um, Himeno. That Himeno. one. I, that's the one I have a little problem with because she was about to commit statutory rape. Don't love that. I think Don't she was about to c- commit regular, regular R word. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of both. It was kind of both, and you know. It's not great. I don't know if the show knows it's not great. I can't quite tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know enough about this creator. I don't know if he's one of those like, you know, wish I'd had that happen to me when I was. I hope not. Yeah. But it's not great. And they do really want you to mourn her at the end, which I, if it's part of the fact that she is a complicated person, I can go with that because she's going to mean different things to different people, even if she's capable of really bad stuff. But I hope the show isn't just trying to have me laugh off that other stuff. Yeah. I don't want to laugh it off. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I I like her like story and her arc and all that. And I. Yeah. <clears throat> I think like that scene just totally unnecessarily horny scene for the most part. Um, yeah. And like, that's the bad kind of horny. That's the pushy yeah. horny. Yeah. And, uh, but when she like in the morning, they're talking about how she has feelings for Aki and they're like, Oh, let's form a pact. Like you help me get Aki. I'll help you get Makima. I was like, I like where this is going. And then yeah, for her to, fun. for her to die, like next episode, I was like, this is wild. They really, that set up something death. and they ripped it away from you. That was a death that genuinely surprised me because she's all over the intro and she's all, you know, means so much to Aki. And then it's just like, wait, she's like, there's a, still a part of me that's like, she's going to come back though, right? And she's, I don't think she is. They they really just, they gave you what felt like a really significant arc and then they took it away immediately and it didn't feel cheap, which yeah. is pretty impressive. Not cheap at all. And that scene, oh my god, the scene where they're on the rooftop and they're fighting and that girl calls the snake devil and it appears and it's like monstrous and then she's like vanish and it just disappears and the ghost devil's head is flying through the air afterward. I was like, that was so badass. Like We gotta they don't talk even sh- about... Oh, sorry, finish your thought. They don't even show you the whole snake devil it's just like you know in real life that was meant to be portrayed as for like a split second you see this like monstrous thing all around the building and it's just gone. Yeah. So cool. We got to talk about how good the art is here because I mm-hmm. wanted to address how cool the devil stuff is but you can't we might as well address the whole thing. The visuals are incredible. Yeah. The CGI gets a tiny bit noticeable from time to time but like 
I know they're, I trust these artists well enough that I know they're only doing that because it's the best way to do whatever they're trying to do. So it doesn't bother me that much. And yeah. like the designs are all really cool. Like if you think about the Chainsaw Man design, it is a little bit dumb. And that's fun. That's what yep. he's a chainsaw <laughs> coming out of his face and sometimes legs, but he can hide it. That's great. And then mm-hmm. the, the fox devil is really cool. And the snake katana man with the sword coming straight out of the face. Yep. In, in, in the most inconvenient for a human head kind of way. It's like everything feels realistic in the sense that it's all fantastical nonsense but it's like yeah if you were wished yourself to be a sword man it might come out in a weird way it might come yeah. out <laughs> horizontally out of your eyes yeah i thought i was i love the character design and the devil design because it feels very unique yeah. you know it doesn't feel like other things i've seen before and i also just love every scene where denji is fighting and it's yep. just like there's blood everywhere and all the motion they put into it. It's very cool. My favorite shot is when he's, I think it's he's fighting the leech devil after the bat devil gets killed. And he does that like almost like surf up her, her like tendril yeah. as he's cutting up it. And it's, re- it's so fast you barely see it. But it's like he's riding the wave of her arm and cutting mm-hmm. up and screaming the whole time. And it's just, and that's the thing that I think is really cool is he's clearly having so much fun. Yeah. This is a show that is about some of the heaviest things a show can address, about some of the heaviest things that even Witch from Mercury addresses. But it's doing it with this maniacal smile the entire time that is infectious. Yeah. This is a show that's saying, you want to know how I got these scars? But it's like, happy to tell you. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. It's, um, I just love, I just love human freaks hunting bigger freaks, man. I just love that. (laughs) I love human freaks hunting bigger freaks and a bunch of kids learning to fight. Those are my two favorite kinds of anime. (laughs) Kids learning to fight is a great genre. (laughs) It's so good. And if it's one in service of the other, all the better. Ooh, new devil, parenthood. <laughs> parenthood oh boy. Devil. <laughs> oh man. A devil that just gives you children that you have to take care of or they kill you. <laughs> yeah. And they can and the more afraid you are, the more you keep having. And <laughs> you're just like, I yeah. can't. This is unsustainable. <laughs> My wife just popped in to grab her bag. She hasn't even watched the show and she laughed at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is it's such a it's such a fun watch. And the losses are so heavy and real. Like, it's it's amazing. I, I just, I loved, this show did so many things right. If it was just like, I would say even if we, if we just didn't have the Jimeno, like, scene and, like, one of the Makima scenes, I'd be, like, not too horny. Those ones, like, pushed it a little, yeah. little far. Maybe season two will be less horny. But other than that, everything here was, like, a 10 out of 10. Like, it reminds me of, like, um, I'm a big fan of Gantz, which I've talked about before, but the listeners may know better. And this gave me big Gantz vibes. You know, you got a team of people with crazy equipment and abilities and stuff, and they're just fighting just the fucking weirdest monsters, tons of gore. And because anyone can die at any moment, you get attached to these characters, and the show is not afraid to rip them away from you. Yeah, and in a lot of ways, if you really want to be crazy, broad brush about it, this is a Monster of the Week show. Absolutely. But that's part of its charm. 
Because it's also so much more than that. But if you had to, if someone said, what's Chainsaw Man about? We're like, guy, chainsaw coming out of his body, fights monsters, has depression. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> devil's bad, uh, guy fight devils. Pretty yeah. easy. <laughs> yeah. One thing I noticed that was kind of fun watching, because I did my rewatch in Japanese, is f- the word fiend, they say Majin. I was like, oh, like Majin Buu. Whoa, good yeah. catch. I'm going to be real, like, when I'm watching, even though I watch subbed anime all the time, I so rarely actually, like, hear what they're saying. Like, I'm just, (laughs) it's almost, it's just in one ear, out the other, except for, like, big catchphrases or things they're yelling. Some of the, or some of the common speech, but for the most part, I'm just so focused on reading the subtitles that I don't even register those things. Yeah, I hear them and I will notice, there are little patterns that I will start to notice, like when I've been watching the first Gundam movie for our next Patreon, and I notice they say the words white base a lot more than it shows up in the subtitles, and what's one of my things that always bugs me, but always makes me kind of proud of myself when I realize that subtitles are not quite what they're actually saying? Yeah. I was like, oh, they're talking about white base again, but they I guess it wouldn't fit in all those and that's yeah. fun. The uh the one that got me and it, we'll talk about this in the Gundam Patreon episode for when we review that, is uh they call it white base and Zeon call it the Trojan horse. And for like 12, 13 episodes of the original series, I'm like, what the fuck is the Trojan horse? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, this this show, super solid. Love the violence. Love the stakes are real. I just wish I knew what it took to kill a devil for real. Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, the Eternity Devil is like, oh, you have to kill me by killing my heart and you'll never find it, whatever. Yeah. So maybe it is a heart thing. I don't know. But I also watched everybody get so stabbed with so many things and not die at all. So I have no idea what's going on here. Yeah, I think if they're a fiend, there's like a de- there's like a literal thing in their body because it's like Pochita is like physically in there because yeah. he crawled out. I don't know the exact specifics of it. I imagine at the end of the day, it's whatever would kill a person probably kills a monster, but also their anatomy is all different. Yeah, so I I don't know that for sure. I'm taking. I don't know. Swing. I'm getting pretty disconnected from uh, death because I am also reading Blame, where the main character is not a human, so he gets impaled and blasted apart through all sorts of things and lives. And we've also been watching Supernatural for like a year, and Supernatural loves to kill its main characters as a plot point and then bring them back like multiple times. It, it, it is like really frustrating. So I'm just like, I want a show where if someone dies, they're dead forever. Does that sound, <laughs> does that sound like too you- much to ask? Did you see the last James Bond movie? Sorry, what? Did you see the last James Bond movie? No. Okay, I won't spoil it, but they do something drastic like that, and you're like, wait, what? They Good for them. Huh. <laughs> That's not supposed to happen, but it did. Yeah, I think it's just uh, let Harry die. Just please let Harry die. Let Harry die. Don't let, Harry don't die. let the power of love or magic or space science bring anyone nope. back, please. Let Harry die and let Goku die. His mother's basement pointed out it needs to come on. He's it's meaningless at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can you can let everyone from Dragon Ball die of old age and may, have them erect statues as the universe's greatest heroes and then just start something something else. Start at yeah. zero again. <laughs> yeah. Um 
But yeah, I don't know. Do you have any other closing thoughts on Chainsaw Man? Any um, other plot points you remember that you really liked? Um, it's a little fuzzy because I, I binged like half of it today and the other half I watched like two months ago. I mean, I mainly just wanted to address all the themes I already pointed out. But like, man, there's a reason why I was bugging you nonstop to watch the show. It's my favorite new show right now. It's I yeah. no shade on Witch for Mercury. That's I love talking about it every week. But Chainsaw Man has my heart fully right now. Yeah. I don't want to make you sad for that, but it's just it's it's a little more my aesthetic chainsaw I, man than Wish Mercury. As much as I love Wish for Mercury, yeah, I I agree. I, I watched the first episode because originally for this filler episode, listeners, we were gonna just watch the first episode and fill and like talk about it in detail and just see how it went. I watched the first episode and I was like, well. I'm binging this now. And I had a bunch of time in the recording studio. So I was just watching it while people were recording their podcasts. And I watched it on the train, but very carefully, but very carefully. <laughs> but you did. Not a, not a good train show. And then I realized, mm-hmm. you, know, I was, you know why people have those anno- annoying phone covers where you can't see it unless you look directly at it? Mm-hmm. That's for anime on the train. That's yes, what that is. is for. <laughs> That's for Himeno scenes. It's, it's been actually kind of interesting us pivoting to a different show for a minute because um i feel like your anime taste we we both have broad anime tastes and we both agree with a lot of each other's tastes you tend i think gravitate more toward like the do you remember um do you ever read pat oswald's book uh zombie spaceship wasteland no so he says there's basically three kinds of uh media fans there's zombie spaceship and wasteland zombie people love things about people becoming mass hypnotized and becoming Mm -hmm. monsters even if only metaphorically spaceship people love the clean crisp laser beams and operatic nature of being in space and then wasteland people love westerns and stuff about meeting fucking weirdos and having to kill them Mm -hmm. and i feel like i am very much a wasteland and you're kind of a spaceship that you I'm gravitate a, toward Gundam and I gravitate toward stuff like Chainsaw Man. And we meet in the middle based on quality. But I feel like we've just kind of we've turned the show very briefly into closer to my aesthetic than yours. And I think that's kind mm, of fun. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'd say, you know, I'm a big, big fan of Wasteland. But yeah. I do love the the sci-fi element. I love sci-fi as well in the spaceship. Like, I mean... Like, I love, like, Dark Souls, Bloodborne. Like, Blame even has some of those vibes. Like... I love I love the feel I love the hyper lonely aesthetic in media. I like mm-hmm. that. I like the dark unknowable world. Yeah. Like space themes. madness of it all. Yeah. <laughs> and I I love those things, but like what I like about the the sci-fi is like sci-fi in my brain is just like it's fantasy. 90% yeah. of it it's it's no different than goblins and wizards and whatever. They just give it different words, right? But yeah. There's something the the thing about sci-fi that is great is there's like the what if there's like a certain level of plausibility to to a lot of it most of some of it no you know like we have the but like like Mobile Suit Gundam like the space colonies were de- designed after like like articles written in the 60s and 70s where engineers thought about how to design a space colony and stuff and I like that yeah. realism and like how could this happen or like with like blame blame is like oh the the humans created the builders to build cities for them and stuff but the builders got out of control and they consumed all of the materials in the solar system and built a mega city just like that big or bigger it's unknowable and how 
big it is and now we're living in the aftermath of that and it's like i don't know i like the dark and lonely thing i do like i do like the sci-fi though i'd say zombie less so i'm not not crazy about the zombie like it doesn't it doesn't do it for me but sci-fi wasteland is kind of where i'm at yeah, and I like a I like spaceship stuff as we've seen. I gravitate more to a it's dark and gritty, and not in that kind of up its own ass way. But like, you know, when things are a little too neat and clean, sometimes I just don't gravitate to it as much. Yeah, unless it's done super well. Like everything, like as we said in our pilot, and I stick by this: every surface in a Gundam in which for Mercury, you could eat off of it. Yeah, which is <laughs> which is not how I would draw it. I would draw when I think of Gundam. I like kind of like the the AFMS team. Kind of it's dark and sweaty and and gross in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and, and that's why I say like like it's it's fun to just for us to talk about other kinds of of anime because we do like more than one thing, and we are yeah. a little bit different as anime fans. But we meet in the middle if something kind of uh, is good enough and kind of sparks both of our interests in a different way and. Yeah, it's just, a, just a good podcast we do, you know. It's just, yeah, it's just the best podcast ever. It's just the greatest <laughs> podcast. And as I've said, we may not be the best anime podcast. We may not be the most successful anime podcast. We are the anime podcast with the most references to Anton Chekhov, and I will not <laughs> bend on that. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> with that, I do want to also add, guys. Uh, between um, this is not anime, but it is something I read recently that I. And it was absolutely obsessed with. Uh, there's a book called Between Two Fires by Christopher Chris, Christopher Buhlman. So so good. Okay, it's a it's like it's like a 400 page book. The the font is big, so you crush it pretty quick. I I like could not put this d- book down, and I read it in four days, which is the fastest I've read a book since I was reading the Song of Ice and Fire books back in college. But it's like. It's set in medieval France during the plague. And the plague in this universe is uh, brought up as a consequence of a war, a greater war between heaven and hell. So like hell attacks heaven. God abandons the, the abandons human God and the angels abandon humanity because they're trying to fight this war. They're too busy dealing with the demons and stuff like that. And so hell is just like, well, if God's not on earth, let's torment them. Let's see how much he actually cares. So they have the plagues and they send uh they also have some like monsters and demons and stuff that they send up to the world. But it centers on a the main character is a knight who's like a disgraced knight, and he meets a little girl who can see angels. And they make their way through this like pl- plague swept countryside. They go to Paris, they travel, they like meet fucked up people and like monsters on the way and stuff, and it's all really it's so gritty. It just it just reminds me of Bloodborne, but it's so it's so good. It's so this feels good. Like Game of Thrones meets Hellboy, and I'm here for it. Yeah, it was. There was no like. Um, there wasn't really any like political Game of Thrones type stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, it's like all super religious undertones without it being a comment. Yeah. Like the only commentary it makes on religion is like people use religion to achieve their own fucked up ends. But there's insane fight scenes there's great dialogue there's like such gruesome imagery because it's the plague so like they go to people's houses and like they're just rotting in the main room of their house and like they can't hear because of all the flies and stuff like that and yeah highly recommend all listeners i know it's not chainsaw man but if you want something like gory and brutal read between two fires i I think you'll like it (laughs) 
Okay. But yeah, I had I did throw there. I feel like we haven't we we talk about anime so much. I haven't just done a regular media recommendation yeah. <laughs> in a while. <laughs> so Chainsaw Man, I'm gonna be waiting for season two. Fantastic, great, great capitalism commentary. Uh, I just I just love a good fight scene. Love a good fight scene. Love a good fight scene motivated by tits and money. <laughs> it's really what it kind of is. Keep it simple, guys. Keep it simple, stupid. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty much it for this week's episode. Okay. So, guys, um, hit us up at watchfrommercury at gmail.com. Uh, we're planning to pivot the show to not be exclusively Gundam, but we will continue doing Gundam stuff. Yeah. We're planning for the long road of the podcast, right? Ideally, what happens is there's an, a show that we want really want to watch coming out. It's going to be a 12 episode season, 20 episode season. We watch it and review it for that time. When that season ends, we just watch something else, come back, pop in and out. So let us know your thoughts on that. Love it or hate it. Or if you have recommendations for anything that might be coming up this year that you would want us to review, hit us up. Um, we're just trying to reach a reach a wider audience base, you know? Yeah. And we love anime and we want to talk about anime. And it's it the, the it's at a certain point the watch for Mercury became less about the Mercury and more about the watch. Yeah. And I think that's kind <laughs> of a fun place to be. It's like, oh, we all saw this thing, now we need to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. So there and I think with something like this, all of Gundam basically has the same themes. Like at the end <laughs> of the day, bad. I don't know if you know that. We're bad. Both sides kind of bad. Both sides kind of good. (laughs) Both sides Nazis? Uh. Both sides Nazis? Uh, Yeah. And so I think diversifying the the subject matter of the show is going to be really good and provide us like more points for discussion. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, Guys, let us know what you think about that. Watch for Mercury at gmail.com. And Alex, where can people find you? People can find me at Afasella, A-F-O-S-S-E-L-L-A, on Twitter, and uh, at Alex Fasella on Instagram and TikTok. And please leave Watch for Mercury five stars and a nice review in your podcatcher app. It really helps the numbers. And uh, subscribe to the Patreon at Watch for Mercury. And uh, we, we, have a, we have a new tier for $7 where we do our new show, Shonen Jump the Shark, where we talk about anime tropes. We've done an episode on Power Creep. And one on rivals, and that's a little less of us going analytically, and more kind of like what we did today, where we talk about just the themes and the feel of it, and we're doing anime tropes, and we have a lot to say about anime tropes, and there's yeah. a lot of anime tropes, so we will. There's not a lot run of them. <laughs> awesome guys, go f- follow him everywhere. Go check out. Go subscribe to the Patreon. Um, re- leave us a review. You can find me on Instagram at Asparagus. It's like asparagus with guts at the end. I don't post a lot on my feed, but I post my stories of what I'm doing. I don't know. I Every time I'm like, should this be a feed post? I'm like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> the millennial experience. I will say, I went on Instagram the other day because I was bored, and I realized that I just watch people's stories, and if I scroll down on my timeline for a second, it's just hundreds of comedians posting shows they're doing or shows they have done, and I'm like, I don't care. I'm good. Some, everything is crowd work now, which was never my strong suit. I'm just like, all I can think of is, glad that's not me right now. I would have messed this situation <laughs> up. My feed is all crowd work, anime, musical theater, and French bulldogs. There and- you go. <clears throat> yeah, mine, uh, I love the, cl- the crowd work. But sometimes I do 10 minutes of crowd work and I crush. 
And I leave the stage and go, wait, I didn't work on any of the jokes I've been writing. <laughs> Congratulations, you played yourself. All right, guys, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed our little bit of discussion here about uh, Chainsaw Man Season 1. Let us know what you think about us reviewing other anime on the show. Hit us up at watchfrommercury at gmail.com, and we will talk to you all next week with the next episode of Witch for Mercury. May your shield be a thousand saws. Ring, ring, motherfucker! <laughs>